amount of research and investigative journalism, real reporters and serious journalists have figured out what Let's Go Brandon really means. And guess what? You and I haven't a clue. That's next, the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. You've heard me talking about MyPillow for years and how it's changed the way I sleep. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fitted me personally for my own MyPillow because I told him, I said, I don't think I really like him. And he said, wait, I think you have the wrong one. Got me the king size pillow. It has changed the way I sleep. It will not go flat. You can wash and dry it constantly and it stays the same amazing shape. You fluff it once before you go to sleep and it's that way. Best of all, it's made right here. So you don't have to worry about, are they going to be MyPillows on the shelves along with the lowest price offer mike is also extending his money back guarantee trial until march 1st of next year so it makes a great christmas gift you can get the standard my pillow for 1998 originally 69.98 a 50 dollars savings and the king size pillow is 10 bucks more go and see all their rotating discounts over 150 my pillow products enter the promo code back 800-966-3117 800-966-3117 it's mypillow.com promo code back the Glenn Beck program. Jeff Katz, happy to be sitting in for my friend Glenn today. Heard every day on News Radio WRBA in Central Virginia. Now, over the years, I've paid very, very, very close attention to the real reporters and the serious journalists. You know, people not like me. Talk show hosts. My gosh, we have an agenda. We have a point of view. We tell you what we think. We're, we're, we're not reporting things. We're mere opinion people. All right. I always considered that more a a dollop of honesty, but that's just me. So I pay close attention. I really do to what the self-proclaimed real reporters and serious journalists tell us about important matters. And here's the most important matter in the United States today. Now, you and I probably thinking, okay, um, we've got um, supply shortages, right? We were talking about that yesterday. You go to the stores, and it looks a little bit like uh, Venezuela or the old Soviet Union. And and you and I are thinking, I wonder if Joe Biden's going to make little hats and say, make America Venezuela again. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But that's not what it is. And then there's the other part of me. I'm sitting here today wearing a, a, a Stanford sweatshirt because I work into every conversation. If possible, my oldest boy attends Stanford University. Oh, he's brilliant. All you have to do is ask him. Uh, I, I, I get nothing. I mean, he's getting a world-class education. I got it. I would think for the amount of money that uh, we send to Stanford, we would get a free sweatshirt. Not true. Not true at all. And before I move on to the most important thing, I mean, I know it's the most important thing, but eh, just take a second. My son at Stanford, did I mention that? I did, right, Harry? So he says when tuition bills are paid, Dad, here's what you have to do. And I'm thinking, well, I've I've already sold my spleen. I'm pretty sure I only have one of those. Well, I got two kidneys, right? I could put one up on eBay. I should be good. Or Craigslist for an unused uh, kneecap or something. Um, but he says, yeah, you, you know, you just click on this link and you can make your payment online. 
And I said, no. Oh, absolutely not. Why? It's easy. It's quick. Exactly my point. If you're going to charge what they charge for tuition, and you're going to demand that I pay, and I understand that, or I don't really understand it, but I pretend that I understand it, then I am sending an old-fashioned paper check. I want somebody in the bursar's office to actually have to receive the envelope, open the envelope, take the check out, stamp it, endorse it, walk it to the bank, whatever they do. I want some effort. I don't want to make it effortless. I don't want to make it easy. I want them to work for the tuition. All right. Now, now I feel better. So back to our regularly scheduled emergency, right? The crisis that's hitting all of us. Let's go, Brandon. We spoke a little bit about it yesterday. And in fact, uh, we've got a little snippet. I got a couple of snippets here. And uh, can we just start, if you don't mind, it's just the Joe Biden clip. I mean, he's he's doing this NORAD thing, if you remember, right? It's the NORAD tracker for Santa. And there's a guy in Oregon who calls in and is getting to chat with the president and Dr. Jill Biden and blah, 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 blah. Merry Christmas. Let's go, Brandon. And then Joe Biden. Well, we got that that little snippet of uh, Biden agreeing. Yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Merry thank Christmas. you. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. <laughs> I agree, too, but probably for different reasons. So that has caused an unbelievable stir. Outrage. Outrage. Oh, my gosh. It's the worst thing in history. You know what it means, and I know what it means. But We also know where it comes from. See, this is the most important part that's being ignored by the real reporters and the serious journalists. Let's go Brandon is a thing because it exposed the legacy news media for the hacks that so many of them are. Right. We see Democrat Party hacktivists deployed all over the United States. Right. They're deployed to Congress. They're deployed to state houses and they are deployed to newsrooms. So if you recall, NASCAR events, driver named Brandon wins. There's a reporter from NBC who is interviewing him, blah, blah, blah. Congratulations. Nice driving. Yada, yada, yada. Really fast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the crowd is chanting the original version of Let's Go Brandon. Right now, if you remember, I mean, it's, it's a long time ago. I know months ago. All the college football games, all sorts of live events with tens of thousands of people were chanting blank Joe Biden. Now, these were not members, so far as I could tell, of the vast right wing conspiracy. I didn't recognize any of them from the meetings. But that's what they're chanting. So they're chanting that at the NASCAR race. And the reporter says, oh, isn't that touching? They're chanting Let's go, Brandon. Now, everybody who was watching the race knows that's not what they were chanting. It's pretty clear as you look at the two people on screen, right? Brandon, the race car driver and the uh, reporter. They, I think, knew. I don't know how you couldn't know what was really being chanted. So maybe she's trying to do something nice. She doesn't want to acknowledge it. Um, But she exposed those legacy news media people for who and what so many of them are. 
they're hacks. And they want to continually lie and mislead people. And they've done it for years. And then you see the rise. You see the rise of talk radio. You see the emergence of superstars like Glenn. The rise of The Blaze and GlennBeck.com. And all of a sudden now, right, we don't have to wait and be spoon-fed information. We get our own information. And we can get information and details and background from people, frankly, whose opinions we trust. People we respect. Maybe people we like. But there's more to this. And this is where I want us to focus for just a moment. And that is the, quote, real meaning of this. Now, there, there are two pieces that we have to listen to. Let me start with something I found on TheBlaze.com. If you, if you, if you want to see the video, by all means, go to TheBlaze.com. But it's a CNN analyst who is, is, is pushing the idea that let's go Brandon doesn't really mean what you and I know that it means. Let's take a listen to that. Wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry thank Christmas you. and let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon, I <laughs> yeah. agree. Let's go Brandon, for those who yeah. don't know, is slang for F Joe Biden. Uh, Ron, the president is trying to be nice to kids. Uh, he doesn't really have to do this. They were very pleasant. What does it tell you that somebody is rude like that and disrespects the office of the president to his face uh, about the political climate in this country? Yeah, look, I, you know, it's ungracious, it's juvenile, it's reprehensible by the father. Uh, but I don't think it's fundamentally about incivility. I think it is fundamentally about insurrection. Um, you know, I don't know the, the, the individual, but the, the whole let's go Brandon kind of motif is a reflection of the view two thirds of the Republican uh, base driven by Trump's claims, uh, false claims, and the big lie that Biden is an illegitimate president. Um, and it reflects as well the, the findings in multiple polls by the American Enterprise Institute, Vanderbilt University, and others, that a majority of Republican voters now say the American way of life is disappearing so, so fast, the traditional American way of life, that we may have to use force to save it. I think you're seeing this is a manifestation not just of incivility, but of the fundamental view of the illegitimacy and the ominous shores that we're kind of sailing toward very quickly uh, in 2022 and especially 2024. Jeez, I just thought it meant blank Joe Biden. I didn't realize how much was packed into the phrase. Now, this guy who's chatting here, and it doesn't matter who it is, because all of the chattering heads on all of the usual suspect platforms, be it CNN or MSNBC, we'll listen to that in just a moment, they're all the same. They're all in cover-up mode. They're all in let's boost Joe. They're the same folks who spent four plus years attacking vilifying, demonizing Donald Trump. You do remember this, right? It's not that long ago. Four years, every single day, every single hour of every single day, every single minute of every single hour of every single day. They devoted to undermining and attempting to topple the duly elected president of the United States, Donald John Trump. That's what they did. Day after day after day, there wasn't anything that was beneath them 
People who would look you in the face and say, hey, uh, uh, it's a mostly peaceful protest and you're watching the buildings burn. You're you're watching police being it's mostly peaceful. I mean, except for the attacks on the cops and the burning buildings. They're the same people who attempted to bring down Donald Trump over and over and over. Did he order Russian dressing with a salad? Ah, we got to bring him down. But now something that is purely organic and I get it. It may very well be uh, impolite. I can guarantee you that that guy's wife. Oh, my God. Gosh, she was livid. And everybody, one of us who's a husband, by the way, we know the look that he got. Oh, you absolutely know the look that he got. She looked at him like, I cannot believe you did this. Oh, my God, we're going to have to move. We're going to, we're, seriously, we're going to have to move to like Australia because everybody knows us, blah, 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 blah. But you listen to what the CNN folks did. And again, we'll listen to the MSNBC people in just a moment. They are all cut from the same cloth and they are going to take away as much speech from us as possible you and i could say it's a sunny day and they're going to tell us it's calling for a revolution we got to be very careful remember you've got to check out the blaze.com glenbeck.com if you want to hit me up best way to do it you go to the jeffcatshow.com there's a contact button there the jeffcatshow.com and then again on facebook as you know i like to annoy the people at facebook i'd love to get a few more followers you look for the jeff cat show on facebook so happy to be sitting in today jeff cats in for glenn it is the glenn beck program So there's some really good news. If you didn't get around to it before Christmas, no worries. You still have the opportunity to take advantage of one of the best sales around. Our friends at Chamonix have extended the GenuCell Christmas and holiday season sale so you can ring in the new year the right way. Looking younger and feeling great about your appearance? Right now, GenuCell's most popular package is 60% off at GenuCell.com. You can treat yourself and a loved one to the absolute best skincare in the world. See those droopy eyelids, forehead wrinkles, pesky bags and puffiness, and yes, even a sagging jawline disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's Classic Collection. With its immediate effects, you'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. Order now and get your complimentary spa package absolutely free at checkout. You get Chamonix's world-class microdermabrasion treatment and cleanser and toner. It's a great gift. Visit GenuCell.com and enter the promo code BECK35 for an additional 35 bucks off. Every order today is in Instantly upgraded to free express shipping. GenuCell.com. The code is BECK35. It is Glenn Beck program. Jeff Katz in for Glenn today. Now, I want to share this other little snippet. It's from MSNBC. Oh, and I got to tell you, we're going to be joined in a couple of moments by Winsome Sears. Winsome Sears was just elected the lieutenant governor of my home state of Virginia. See, we in Virginia said, enough is enough. We in Virginia back in November said, look, it doesn't matter whether we're Democrats or Republicans. It, it really, believe it or not, doesn't matter whether we're liberals or conservatives. If we're parents, we want to be involved. If, if, if our kids are in school, we, the parents, need to be involved. And we had candidates, I mean, these candidates running for governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, uh, our House of Delegates, all telling us, no, 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 just, just seriously, shut up, sit down, move aside. You, you don't need to be involved. Leave this to the professional educators, you know, the members of the AFT and the NEA. They, they know what they're doing. And we said, no, we 
the parents, we, the parents, need to be involved in our kids' education. Anyway, we, we went to the polls, we, the parents, and we voted out the clowns that we had for the last eight years, and we elected Glenn Youngkin as governor, Winsome Sears as lieutenant governor, Jason Biaris as attorney general. And each and every one of those folks said, we respect the parents. We value the input from parents. We want you involved in your kids' education. So incoming Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears is going to be with us in just a couple of moments. And we'll talk about that because I'm just telling you as I sit here, this is an issue for everybody. You don't have to be here in Virginia. You can be in Hawaii. You can be in Alaska. You can be in uh, Pennsylvania, wherever you are. You've got to be involved. Now, let me let me give you this second little snippet. Again, I know you're thinking like I was. Geez, I thought let's go Brandon was just eh, you know kind of a code grew out of this 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 reporters cover up efforts and maybe they were well intentioned, maybe they weren't. I don't know. But we all heard what it really meant. We know what it really means, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe not the nicest thing to say, but it's it's, it's a handy little tagline. But apparently, it's actually part of a violent effort to overthrow Joe Biden. Who knew? Let's take a listen to uh, MSNBC address that as well. Let me tell you why this matters. Um, The asymmetry has always been what advantages the Trump right more than anything else. And the asymmetry of saying F you to a sitting president on a call in front of your four kids. Don't look past this. Don't look at this as a story about giving airtime to a MAGA guy who goes on Steve Bannon's podcast and said, I wasn't joking. Not only did I say, F you, Mr. President, I said more than that. This is the slow motion insurrection, Jason, in, in full color. The more dangerous thing, as you're pointing to, is the fact that all of these people are basically just insurrectionists in training now. Right. Like if if you wanted to say, look, presidents here insulting things all the time. People said rude things to George Bush. Larry Wilmore made a highly inappropriate joke right next to Barack Obama. Right. Like people can say rude things to the president. That's not the issue. But when these people are speaking, they're not joking. MAGA isn't about taxes. You know, let's go Brandon isn't about what you feel about supply chain issues and gas. It is the cry of insurrectionists. It is the cry of people who want to violently take over this country and oppress anyone who is not like them. And that's what makes this dangerous. And to the degree that Joe Biden can laugh it off or anything else like that, that's fine. But I hope that we have a Justice Department and an FBI and a CIA that investigates where the anger that leads to these kinds of statements comes through because these people have already attacked us with guns you think they're going to come back and do something less aggressive next time if they feel they can speak this way to the president i don't think so are you kidding me the fbi the cia the department of justice they need to come and investigate somebody who says blank the president really i mean you know no offense to whoever that lunatic is but you're nuts pal I mean, you really are. You're, you are officially nuts. You're bat crap crazy. This is one of the beautiful things about our country, or at least it used to be. We can say nasty things about the president. We can say the president stinks. We can talk about how we hate the president or we love the president. That's the point of this. This isn't royalty, right? Are you allowed to say something nasty about the queen in England? I have no idea. I don't know. 
But you want to employ, and this is the important part, you want to employ federal government agents to investigate anybody who says, let's go, Brandon. Can you believe this? Now, where were you during the four years when attacks on Donald Trump happened every couple of seconds? Where President Trump was insulted and demeaned and vilified, burned in effigy. Well, that's just free speech, Jeff. That's okay. The inconsistency, the fundamental dishonesty, and the danger posed by those folks, that's the real issue. Coming up, Winsome Sears, the incoming Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, joins us. Jeff Katz in for Glenn today. It's the Glenn Beck Program. If you're looking for a New Year's resolution that is easy to keep, I have just the thing. It's time to do something that will help protect your identity and your personal information. It's time to get LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock will alert you to any potential threats to your identity online because you're going to miss certain ID threats if you're only monitoring your credit. And they pay attention to more and will not only notify you if they find threats, things like your information being for sale on the dark web, But also, if you do become a victim of ID theft, a U.S.-based restoration specialist is going to help you take the necessary steps to help resolve your case. That's LifeLock. No one can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that's easy to keep. Keep you and your family safe and save up to 25% off your first year. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. Save 25%. The truth that mainstream media can't handle. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz, happy to be sitting in for Glenn today. Heard daily on News Radio WRVA in Central Virginia. You know how you and I have been told over the years there's just some people. Uh, you, you can't be a conservative. You can't be a Republican. Oh, come on. You're, you're an immigrant. You're you're Jewish. You're black. You're Latino. You're Asian. You're, you're, you're short. You're tall. You're fat. You're, I don't know, whatever the thing is. But there's always some reason why, why some of us are just not supposed to be conservatives. Some of us are not supposed to be Republicans. And then there got to a point where some of us said, uh, excuse me, I uh, <clears throat> fully formed human being over here, eh, relatively intelligent, can probably make a few decisions on my own. And some of us said, yeah, I'm going to have to analyze things and make my own decisions decisions you and i get to make decisions well we here in virginia about a month ago a little bit more than a month ago made a decision we said that we the parents we do have a role in our children's education and that was a big part of why glenn youngkin winsome sears and jason miaris were successful 
in their elections. I am so happy to tell you that Winsome Sears, who's a marvelous woman, uh, who has just been elected lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, is joining us. Uh, Good morning, Madam Lieutenant Governor-elect. I always get your titles mixed up. Can I just call you Winsome still? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten too big for my britches, as my grandmother would say. <laughs> I'm still winsome. <laughs> you are still winsome, and thank God you are, because you're you're helping to save our beloved state, you know. Well, I tell you, I, I heard your introduction there, and i got to say that I think what the Democratic Party unfortunately does is start with the premise that black people are victims from the time of birth. And Mm. so if the world is against you from the time of birth, then you're going to need somebody to step in and save you. And they just happen to be the saviors. It's funny how that works. But you see, (laughs) the way that I I come at life is life is life. And even those who are so-called born with a, a gold spoon in their mouths, they have issues. I mean, you look at the rich families and their children are committing suicide, unfortunately. Their yeah. children are flailing around. Life will hit you. And you've got to be ready for life from the moment you enter into this <laughs> world. You, you know, you enter screaming, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't enter with a smile on your face. Hello, world. No. Oh, so kidding. Oh, yeah. I don't know about your kids, Winston. My kids are still screaming half the time, but that's, uh, you know, that's normally because I'm asking them to do something they don't want to do. I guess I yeah. have to mention for the record, I mean, it's not an, I don't even think about it. I just think of Winston Sears, who's who's this wonderful, accomplished woman who's going to uh, uh, help save what, uh, what our Commonwealth is today and make it better again. Uh, but I guess I have to mention all of the firsts, right? First woman elected lieutenant governor, first black person elected governor, first uh, child of immigrants. I mean, we'll get those all out of the way just because it seems like for some, those boxes all need to be checked. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we have to do that. But I think if we use the same standards that the Democrats use, well, then, heck, I have one and so have people who look like me and so have immigrants and so have Latinos and so have Asians. That means the Republican Party is open to everyone, folks. Heck yeah. I mean, think about it. Uh, You know, uh, they put me up, Republicans did, as the nominee, as their nominee. They believed in me. They didn't believe in me because I'm black. They didn't believe in me because I'm an immigrant or because I'm a woman or because I'm a Marine veteran. They just want someone who espouses the ideals of America. Freedom, first of all. We, we were created to be free. You, you yearn to be free. Heavens, you can look at your, your children, Jeff, and, and yeah, they're screaming. They want to be free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the way we were made. And That's then we right. want to be, you know, given the opportunity to do what we want to do. You know, own businesses, what, whatever it is, just leave us alone. It's that Billy Joel song. <laughs> Go ahead with your own life and leave me alone. You know? So, you know, that... That really is it, though, right? It's like, look, I, I'm going to make some decisions. And you know what? I know at 50 some odd years of age, some of those decisions were bad ones. I've grown. I've learned, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm raising my kids, I think, properly. You've raised your children. You, you, you're you participating in America. My God, more power uh, to each of us. Now, 
You did mention the things that were were not important. Don't throw Marine in there. That was one of the reasons I voted for you. But don't tell anybody that. That's uh, that's a little yeah. Semper Fi thing going on there. Can we talk for a moment here, now that we've gotten all the boxes checked, et cetera, et cetera, education. Man, this was, you know it, because you, you lived it every single day of that campaign. We, the yeah. parents, said, whoa, hang on. We ought to yeah. be involved, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, when I first announced back in January... That was the first thing I was I was out with. And I was pretty much the first one education, because I knew that education would be an equalizer. It always is, you know. And so I started there and it blossomed into this thing where it it mushroomed and parents decided that, well, what COVID did was show them, you think your children are learning, but they're really not. (laughs) And what they're learning this, you don't even know the half of what they're learning. And so they, some of the parents were able to stand behind the computers. And, and when the kids logged on, what? And they're yeah. reading what? And what? What? No, no, no. This, this is unacceptable. And so parents, uh, now we understand that school boards are important. You know, yeah. we used to think, oh, it's just a little school board race. You know, it's just a school board. But now we know. Now we know every election is important, folks, if they're running for chief dog catcher. Get in a race and get behind somebody because these elections are stepping stones to something bigger, usually. Yeah. And you want to stop them at the pass. Absolutely. Winsome Sears is joining us. Winsome Sears is an amazing woman. Uh, She, in just a couple of weeks, will become my lieutenant governor. I'm so proud of uh, the fact that uh, she was elected back in November and January the 15th. will raise her hand and take yet another oath to uh, serve and protect. Winsome, when we talk about the parents, we talk about education, we talk about opportunity, as you said. uh, We need children to get a quality education, not a not a not a, a, a cram down indoctrination absolutely absolutely so that's one of the reasons we got elected and we are going to fulfill that and the type of education that we're talking about is an education that works for everybody where you know you're not limited by your zip code which is one Mm -hmm. of the things i had said to stacy abrams when she announced for governor and she said your opportunity shouldn't be limited by your zip code well welcome to the club (laughs) Because, you know, we happen to think so, too. You know, I have a small business. I'd love it if when you moved into my zip code, you only could use my business in my (laughs) business only. But that's not the way this works. And by the way, let's stop this nonsense that they that public monies ought not to be going to private uh, school education. Excuse me. That's happening now. Public monies are going to private businesses when it comes to doctors. You ever heard of Medicaid and Medicare? Yes. Mm-hmm. Those public monies go to private doctors. You ever heard of SNAP food benefits? Yes. The food money that we give to those who are not able to provide, that money goes to private groceries. You ever right. heard of federal fi- uh, financial aid? Yes. Mm-hmm. That money goes sometimes, most of the times, to private institutions, private universities, private colleges. We could keep going. Oh, Section 8. Section, yeah. That's public money going that's right. to private landlords. Thank you very much. So how is it that when it comes to a child's education, my God, the most important thing in a child's life that will dictate the rest of their lives, the parents cannot decide 
where to send their children to school. They are beholden to a government institution and a government institution only. I think not. I think not. And if you ask me about racism, that's where I'm going to point to, because unless you have the means to move your child into a different zip code, you are stuck. And I have knocked on doors in many communities from from the, the, the higher echelons to those who have nothing. And they tell me they want to decide for themselves. Give me the money. This is my child. This is my child, Terry McAuliffe. We, these are our kids. <laughs> the, the kids don't belong to the government. At least That's not right. yet. Not in this country. Not yet. Not yet. No, you're, not I know yet. you're standing on that line, Winston, but, you know, you mentioned Terry McAuliffe, and here's a guy who spent $40,000 per child to send his kids to the Potomac School. I'd never begrudged him that. He earned the money. Sure. He can do with it what he wants. Sure. But... You know, as I do, to say to a single mom in in Richmond or Newport News or Norfolk, sorry, nope, your kids are basically condemned to go to failing schools while my kids can go anywhere they want. It was so outrageous and so insulting. And then he kept telling us, sit down, shut up, mind your own business. Yeah. Well, that's the standard refrain, isn't it, from the Democratic Party? And it's unfortunate, especially the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. They're so far left that if there were a flat earth, they'd have fallen off by now. This is the problem. And we've got to fix it and we've got to fix it fast. You know, in businesses, uh, people, the customers, they walk with their money, don't they? If they don't patronize your business, you're done. Your business is over. Well, how would it be if we gave parents the money to decide where they should send their children to school and they don't elect to keep them in the school that their children are attending? That tells you something. Sure does. And and that's what we should be fighting for. If you're talking about diversity and equity and inclusion, there it is. Give me my money. (laughs) <laughs> Let me make a decision about where to send my child to school. And I'm going to keep harping on that because if they get a good education, then they will have marketable skills, Jeff, and they, they can compete in this global world. Right Absolutely. now, 70% of the jobs, uh, you need something other than a high school diploma yeah. to get there. 70% of the current jobs. Yeah. And if you're not even graduate, and by the way, Virginia has lowered their standards. Virginia has lowered the standards. And we have discovered, for example, there are certain, one city, I'm not going to name it, uh, one city, uh, 40% of the kids never logged on not one time. Never logged on not one time. Oh. And, and, and what are you going to do about that? And yeah. then of those that logged on, 80% of them have failed. 80%. So you know what they did? They socially promoted them anyway. Who are you fooling? Who are you fooling? That's right. We That's are not right. on this planet by ourselves. We have China to deal with. China yeah. has more honor students than we have students. Then yeah. we have students. We're yeah. dealing with Russia. We, we, you know, we are dealing with all of these other nuclear holding powers. We Absolutely. can't afford not to get it right. Rome, as you know, was destroyed within. Within. Not by the time the Vandals and the Visigoths appeared, Rome had already destroyed itself. So they could just walk right in. And that's what we have to be careful we don't do in America. So true. Listen, I'm 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 so out of time. I just want to say in front of everybody, number one, I love you. As you know, uh, was proud to support you in our uh, party primary, honored to vote for you. And I will be thrilled January 15th watching you take the oath of office as a lieutenant governor of my Commonwealth. God bless you, Winston. I, I look forward to chatting again soon. 
Thank you. See you, Jeff, and good morning to your listeners. Thank you. That is Winsome Sears. She, in a couple of weeks, is going to be the Lieutenant Governor of Virginia. She's the one, along with Glenn Young and Jason Miyares, they embraced our We the Parents movement. Yeah, you can do it, too. Jeff Katz, in for Glenn. It is the Glenn Beck Program. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Ever since he tried the Rough Greens for the first time, my dog, Uno, has changed. He's a completely different dog. I hear from people all the time in the audience. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of letters have come in who have had the same experience with their dog. They've heard me talk about Rough Greens on the show. They get some from themselves. And as soon as they sprinkle it on the dog's food, the dog literally wolfs it down. And it's really good for him. It's not a dog food. It's just chock full of vitamins and minerals and probiotics and omega oils that you sprinkle. Your dog needs these things to be healthy. My dog was easy. From the first time he tried Rough Greens, Uno was in love. Some dogs take a little bit to get used to the new flavor, though. Dr. Dennis Black, the inventor of Rough Greens, was on the phone with me last week. He doesn't want that to be a reason for you not to try. So right now, he's got a special gift available. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog just to try out. All you pay is shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. Put it on your dog's food and begin to watch your dog become healthier. Sitting in for Glenn today, heard every day on News Radio WRVA in Central Virginia. No fun for you. Uh, no fun for me either. Dr. Fauci is back. Remember him? Oh, the good Dr. Fauci. And the good Dr. Fauci now says, uh, what do you say? No, we, should, we shouldn't do Christmas, right? Wasn't Christmas a bad thing? And uh, what was it before that? Was uh, was Halloween was bad. Uh, Independence Day, uh, July the 4th is when we threw it this year. And, and what was that? Uh, we were going to save, I think, seven cents on a hot dog. So you could have 1.2 other non-family members, but they'd have to stay like 87 feet away and whatever it was so now Fauci is back and says yeah you probably should not go to a New Year's Eve party not a problem for me I I always fall asleep long before the ball falls so I'm okay but I'm trying to think for myself. I know that it's just kind of dangerous in this day and age, but I really am trying to think for myself. Okay. The CDC just cut in half the quarantine period. If you haven't heard that, that's the latest from the CDC. Hey, uh, people who have COVID test positive needed to, to quarantine, hide under their beds, not go outside, not talk to people for 10 days. Now they cut it in half to five days. They're also saying that a lot of people who have the, quote, Omicron variant of COVID are asymptomatic. Well, I'm trying to figure out then why exactly should I not live my life? (laughs) We'll we'll talk a little bit more about that, and you're not going to believe, but there's yet another effort to dumb down America via the schools. All straight ahead. It's Jeff Katz in for Glenn. It is the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck.
majority of Americans actually agree on something, and boy, is it bugging the leftists. I'll let you know what that is straight ahead. It's the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. So there's some really good news. If you didn't get around to it before Christmas, no worries. You still have the opportunity to take advantage of one of the best sales around. Our friends at Chamonix have extended the GenuCell Christmas and holiday season sale so you can ring in the new year the right way. Looking younger and feeling great about your appearance? Right now, GenuCell's most popular package is 60% off at GenuCell.com. You can treat yourself and a loved one to the absolute best skincare in the world. See those droopy eyelids, forehead wrinkles, pesky bags and puffiness, and yes, even a sagging jawline disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's Classic Collection. With its immediate effects, you'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. Order now and get your complimentary spa package absolutely free at checkout. You get Chamonix's world-class microdermabrasion treatment and cleanser and toner. It's a great gift. Visit GenuCell.com and enter the promo code BECK35 for an additional 35 bucks off. Every order today is in Instantly upgraded to free express shipping. GenuCell.com. The code is BECK35. Glenn Beck program. Jeff Katz, happy to be sitting in for Glenn. Heard every day on News Radio WRVA in Central Virginia. Is it really the great resignation or is it the great reimagination? Now, you've heard Glenn talk about the great reset. Oh, that's absolutely the case. There's no question about that. But we don't hear about that from the legacy news media, right? We hear about the great resignation. Everybody who is uh, able to is quitting their jobs. Well, there's a guy by the name of Tom Ziegler who says, not so fast. It's not really the great resignation, Jeff. This is more the great reimagination. This this is where people are going to just have to change their focus a little bit, and we'll chat with Tom in a couple of moments. And if the name Ziegler sounds familiar to you, it's because his dad was Zig Ziegler, who, frankly, helped millions, tens of millions of people around the world live better lives. And Tom, I think, is carrying on that legacy. So we'll chat with him in a couple of moments. Now, I mentioned to you that there's something we as Americans apparently agree on. And the problem is it smacks of common sense. And because it smacks of common sense, well, the left-wing folks are outraged. Now, what is it that you and I can agree on? Well, we know what this means. We know what that means. Eh, Not anymore. Not anymore. There's a brand new poll out. And I know I'm leery of polls just like you are. I don't necessarily take them to heart, but I'm looking at these numbers and I'm thinking this is one of those things that, well, everybody everywhere probably agrees on, but we're not allowed to say it anymore. So I just thought I'd share this with you. 75% of Americans agree there are two genders. Do you ever think that would be a groundbreaking number? Now, frankly, I'm a little puzzled by the 25% that are confused. But this has been turned into such a, a twisted political issue that we've all forgotten about common sense. Now, once again, it comes back to common sense. And how do you treat people? And do you do the right thing? And, and can we, as parents, make sure that our kids are safe in schools? I mentioned to you that... 
my home base is central Virginia. I'm in this beautiful, beautiful area called Hanover County. And we're just we're just north of the city of Richmond, which used to be a great tourist destination. You know, you'd go down Monument Avenue and there were all these uh, second place trophies. That's how we were. Everybody joked about ah, the second place trophies. They're all Confederates. You know, they lost, you know. Yeah, we, we, we know they lost. And people would joke and mock them. And then there was this great discussion every single time somebody came from out of town. And I, I, I've been part of WRBA now for nine years. Every time somebody came to visit, they go, oh, well, let's go see those statues. Or I would suggest we're going to go to Monument Avenue. We're going to see the statues. We're going to see these monuments. And I'm telling you, without missing a beat, every single person started with eh, second place trophies. <laughs> and we'd all laugh and move along. But we always had a conversation afterwards. We always talked about what happened on the North American continent between 1861 and 1865. What really happened? Why did it really happen? What what was the outcome? Can we make sure that it never happens again if we're talking about slavery as an example? And then the mayor of the city of Richmond, who, I've got to tell you something, always punches above his weight class when it comes to one thing. And that's being the worst mayor in America. I know, I know. People think, hey, Bill de Blasio in New York, Jeff, worst mayor in America. Nope. Lori Lightfoot, Chicago, worst mayor in America. Nope. Jim Kenney, oh, the mayor of Philadelphia, man. He's an unrepentant socialist. He's an apologist. for. He's the worst mayor. Nope, nope, nope. Mayor of Richmond, Virginia is actually the worst mayor in America. So congratulations to him. Launched this terrible war against police officers and his other claim to fame is that he ripped down all of those monuments, even though he didn't have the authority to do so. That's crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. But we come back to this common sense thing. Common sense says, huh, let's have a conversation. Common sense says, can we can we actually spend a couple of moments trying to figure out what the reason for this is or what the reason for that is or or why A happened or why B shouldn't happen? Common sense, according to the Rasmussen report, also is that 75% of Americans agree there are two genders. But in addition to common sense, there's got to be common decency. I mentioned I live in Hanover County, Virginia. This beautiful, it's rural. I've got my window in front of me. I've told you what I call this, right? My, you're an atheist, really? Window? Because I look out of this window at the broadcast hut and I see trees and, and grass and flowers. and I mean, it's beautiful. And, and I just gaze out of that and I think, seriously, you just think this, this just all happened. Just happenstance. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a simple man, but I, I don't buy that. I just I, I look at it. I think, yeah, there is there is something bigger than we are. There's something better than we are. There's there is something that created all of this. But I'm going off on a tangent. Here in Hanover County, we, we now have a, a couple of parents who have filed a lawsuit with the assistance of the ACLU. That says, you know, you're not doing enough for the transgendered students in Hanover County. I thought, okay, well, we're not a big county, just so you know. We're actually pretty small in terms of population. And so I do this math. 
I said, let's let's just use round numbers, easy numbers to understand, because, man, I'm not a math guy. Let's say in each high school, we have four grades, 9, 10, 11, 12. In each high school, let's say we've got 1,000 students. And if we look at the percentages, we know that students who consider themselves to be transgendered, and whether you agree with it or not is irrelevant. Whether I agree with it or not, completely and totally irrelevant. Let's look at the numbers. And the numbers would say out of those thousand students, you have one or two students in each grade. Let's be generous here. So let's say out of a thousand students in a high school, you have eight, 10, call it 10, call it 12 students who say, you know what? I know that biologically I'm a guy, but I, I really do believe I'm supposed to be a gal or I know biologically I'm, I'm female, but boy, I really believe I'm supposed to be male. I don't have to argue that point. I really don't. Probably not my, my point to argue or debate or even discuss. I don't have to agree. I don't have to disagree, but I do as a decent person have to make sure that everybody in the school gets an education, right? We get back to this education thing. So let's say you've got eight, 10, 12 students out of a thousand who say they are the opposite gender. So what do you do? The lawsuit says we need to reconfigure all the schools. We need to tear them down, build them up again, have this room over here, that room over there. And every one of those kids who says, I quote, identify as a different gender. Well, I get to use the bathroom, the locker room, what have you, of the opposite gender. No consideration whatsoever for the 990 students who say, wait a minute, I, I, what about me? How come I'm not allowed to feel safe? How come I have to be, quote, uncomfortable? Why is that okay? And the answer is pretty simple. It's not. It's not. I came up with a solution, which I think is a pretty good one. And that is that we say to those 10 kids out of the thousand, listen, I don't know what's going on with you. You may very well identify this way as opposed to that way. Not my issue. But I do want you to be safe. I do want you to feel as comfortable as possible. And I want you to get a great education. So here's what we're going to do. We're not going to inconvenience and turn upside down the 990 students. Because it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But we are going to look out for you. We're going to provide you a, a separate Restroom, we're going to provide you a, a separate changing area so that you are safe and secure and comfortable. And every one of those other students is as well. Now, how does that tie in with 75% of Americans saying, hey, there are only two genders? There's going to come a point where this all gets hashed out. And it either gets hashed out from a left-wing perspective or from a real-world perspective, and they are not the same. I'm going to give you another example in just a moment. California, where I was, I was blissfully unaware that anybody still got sent to prison. I didn't know you could commit a crime in California. Well, apparently you, you can still be sent to prison. But this very issue now 
is becoming a huge issue in the state of California. We're going to talk about that. A couple of ways that you can uh, drop in if you'd like. I always uh, remind you about this. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Should we or should we not protect the rights of the 990 students in the school? I say yes. And and should we or should we not protect the rights of the 10 students in the school? Absolutely we should. And there is a way to do it without hurting anybody, without harming anybody, without insulting anybody. We have an obligation, I think, we the parents. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Also, shoot me an email if you'd like. Best way to do that, go to my website, thejeffcatshow.com, thejeffcatshow.com. There is a contact button there. And also Facebook. I always love to see the Facebook numbers change, and then I watch Facebook, I think, take them away. But what the heck? You're looking for The Jeff Katz Show on Facebook. The Jeff Katz Show on Facebook. Don't forget, theblaze.com, glennbeck.com. Jeff Katz in today for Glenn. It is the Glenn Beck Program. The battle for our generation is taking place right now in the minds and the hearts of our children and our grandchildren. Today, millions of kids are having their ideologies shaped by these soulless machines of both Hollywood and our own public schools. From the lessons they're taught to the books they're told to read, our kids are caught in a thick swamp of bad ideas. What do you say? It's time we do something about it. The best way I know how to combat bad ideas is to promote good ones. And you don't get a better example of that for kids than in the Tuttle Twins books. The Tuttle Twins books are an exploration of all things that make us freer, more perfect. They teach an accurate history of the United States, and they explain how things like free markets and limited government work. And they will arm your children and grandchildren with true ideals they'll need to help turn our country back around. So I want you to go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, get 35% off now. They'll even throw in all their activity workbooks for free. Buy them for your kids and your grandkids at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get 35% off today. It is Glenn Beck program. Jeff Katz sitting in for Glenn today. Always a thrill, an honor, a pleasure to do that. We are going to try and figure out, is it the great resignation or the great reimagination? Tom Ziegler joins us in a couple of moments to address that particular issue. I I just I I look at it and, and as we've all changed throughout covid the question becomes, is there really an office anymore, right? Is there really a workplace? I don't know. I can't figure this one out. But I wanted to let you hear the latest from uh, Dr. Fauci, and we'll talk about some of this other stuff as well. Dr. Fauci now says, if I understand it correctly, there will be no fun. Let's take a listen to the good Dr. Fauci. Uh, Caitlin, I would stay away from that. I mean, I, I have been telling people consistently that if you're vaccinated and boosted and you have a family setting in the home, with family and relatives. But when you're talking about a New Year's Eve party, we have 30, 40, 50 people celebrating. You do not know the status of their vaccination. I would recommend strongly stay away from that this year. There will be other years to do that, but not this year. But that's what you said last year. Listen, dude, at some point, can we not just live our lives? I'm not asking you to bake me a cake. I'm not asking you to come over and mow the lawn. In fact, I don't really like you. I'm just telling you that I don't like him. There's just something unctuous about the good Dr. Fauci. Oh, I think he's brilliant. But you remember Peter Navarro? Dr. Navarro was uh, President Trump's economic 
guru for all four years. I chatted with him not too long ago, and he said, look, he always thought that Fauci was was just out for Fauci, that he never had the best interest of anyone except Tony Fauci in mind. And then I chatted with uh, President Trump's former chief of staff, and he said the same thing is, yeah, Nobody liked Fauci. Now, that doesn't mean anything to me, because frankly, there are a lot of people I don't like. There are a lot of people who are really talented, really good at what they do. And you and I may or may not like them. I'm not looking for them to be uh, the winner of some popularity contest. But there does come a point where you and I, as grown human beings, get to make some decisions. And that's the essence of being an adult, for goodness sakes. I think I mentioned to you, I... I got my Moderna shots. I had no qualms about getting my Moderna shots. And I got a booster shot a couple of weeks ago. And I will do what my doctor tells me is the right thing to do. But I'm not following anybody. I'm not jumping off a cliff. I have a doctor for a reason. My doctor, by the way, great guy. I mean, he's a brilliant guy, Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob actually used to be the the medical director for Vince McMahon and the World Wrestling Federation. So Dr. Bob has seen it all. But I asked Dr. Bob when this all started coming about, what do we do? He said, well, he says, what are you asking me? I said, well, should I or should I not get this this injection, this jab, this stab, this vaccine, whatever we call it? He says, well, you know, you're of this age. You don't have this comorbidity or that comorbidity, but I will tell you something. I'm getting mine. Okay. I said, do you suggest that I get it? He says, yes, I do. And I didn't end it there. I got so many people I know who are real, honest-to-goodness medical professionals, and I asked them, hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And I got it. And I got the second one, and I got the booster shot. Now, here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to go along with anybody, be it Dr. Fauci or, or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, who tells me that we're not going to be able to live life, that we're, we're simply all, every single one of us, going to be stuck in our homes forever. Maybe Dr. Fauci doesn't have a New Year's Eve party to go to. Maybe Dr. Fauci doesn't know 30 people who actually like him enough to invite him to a New Year's Eve party. But this is the same thing he told us last year. And he told us, don't do Christmas and don't do Thanksgiving and don't do Independence Day. I thought there was a reason we got vaccines. I thought there was a reason that we did the things we do to combat illness. So if we're at a point now where 200 million people have been fully vaccinated? Don't we start to look at that number for herd immunity? I mean, you've heard Glenn talk about this over and over. What is the number? And how come the goalposts keep moving? How come we keep getting told, no, we just have to do this and then everything will be fine, but no, then it's this. This is where it does tie into that whole great reset thing. It does tie into this idea that, well, frankly, there are some people who don't want you making decisions for yourself. They don't want me making decisions for myself. And that's a problem. 
That's a huge problem. We're seeing it play out with the supply chain. I know we just talked about it yesterday, but empty shelves? Do you ever think you'd live in an America where you could go into the grocery store and see empty shelves? I went again yesterday. Stopped at a uh, grocery store we, we, we shop at in this area. They're out of half and half again. Oh, I know. There's some people going, Jeff, just drink your coffee black. Be a man about it, right? Man up, Jeff. Black coffee's the way to go. No. I need half and half. And they didn't have it again. And when I asked the dairy person yesterday, when are you getting it? The answer again was, we don't know. We don't have any. And they don't have any in our warehouse. And we don't know when we're going to get it again. That is outrageous. Remember, theblaze.com, glennbeck.com, jeffcatshow.com. Is it the great resignation or the great reimagination? We're going to try and uh, answer that in just a moment. Jeff Katz in today for Glenn. It's the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You've heard me talking about MyPillow for years and how it's changed the way I sleep. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fitted me personally for my own MyPillow because I told him, I said, I don't think I really like him. And he said, wait, I think you have the wrong one. Got me the king size pillow. It has changed the way I sleep. It will not go flat. You can wash and dry it constantly and it stays the same amazing shape. You fluff it once before you go to sleep and it's that way. Best of all, it's made right here. So you don't have to worry about, are they going to be MyPillows on the shelves along with the lowest price offer mike is also extending his money back guarantee trial until march 1st of next year so it makes a great christmas gift you can get the standard my pillow for 1998 originally 69.98 a 50 dollars savings and the king size pillow is 10 bucks more go and see all their rotating discounts over 150 my pillow products enter the promo code back 800-966-3117 800-966-3117 it's mypillow.com promo code back Doing our part to keep free speech alive. There's much more after the break on the Glenn Beck Program. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz, happy to be sitting in for Glenn today. I remind you of a couple of things. Glennbeck.com and theblaze.com. Unbelievable information. Glennbeck.com, by the way, is one of those places that, that has so much personal stuff from Glenn. And I, I, I just urge you to, to go there. I really do. Take a look at some of the great charitable work. I mean, we, we know about rescuing people out of Afghanistan and stuff that Mercury One does on a regular basis. But boy, it's just some of the writing there is tremendous. And uh, I hope you'll check that out. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. And while I'm sitting in, you can always contact me via my page, thejeffcatshow.com, thejeffcatshow.com. There's a, there's a contact button there or The Jeff Cat Show on Facebook. Now, I, I try to share what it is that I do. I don't mean sitting here and talking. You, you figured that out a long time ago. But there's some things that I do on a pretty regular basis just, just to be able to get up and kind of get through the day. I, I have next to me 
an amazing book. The One Year Daily Insights with Zig Ziglar. Now, I don't know how many times I've read it, but it's a lot. The book's kind of beat up at this point, but I don't miss a chance to read that. I I look at some of the great speakers and thinkers of our time. And I, I look at guys like John Maxwell and Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar. And I can remember being in an audience. I was pretty young. I had the chance to see Zig Ziglar live. And I thought, my God, he's amazing. Now, his thoughts, his views have inspired millions of people. And we're facing a crisis right now. We keep hearing about the Great Resignation. The great resignation. Everybody's going to quit their job. We're, we're all going to have little vegetable farms in the back of our house. And nobody's ever going to an office again. Blah, 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 blah. Really? I don't buy that. Now, Zig Ziglar went to his reward some time ago. But his son, Tom Ziglar, continues the amazing work. And Tom has a, a pretty new book out. And I just wanted to share this with people. It's called 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times. And make no mistake, we're in disruptive times. And Tom is joining us. Tom, thank you so much for being here. Jeff, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Well, I am a um, I'm a fan, not just of your dad, but of you as well. The the work that you've done, the books that uh, that you have written. So I am uh, I'm humbled that uh, you would take some time out of your day to be here. I really, really am. Well, I tell you, we're living in some pretty uh, exciting times. If you want to use that word, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, What was the Chinese proverb? You should only live in interesting times. And this is about as interesting as it gets. So uh, you did a lot of research on on this book, 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times. Just give us a a snapshot. What what are you looking at and how does this play out? Yeah, so when when this thing called the pandemic started, uh, gosh, what is that now? Seems like forever, two years ago. Yeah. Uh, I just started studying what's the change in business? What's the change in life? And literally hours a day trying to figure out where are we going? What's happened? And then to put kind of the Ziegler uh, view on it. Uh, you know, dad said that a, a positive attitude outperforms a negative attitude every time. I mean, it's yeah. just, the, it's just a fact of reality. And this is some pretty interesting data that's come back. And that is, is that people have shifted. Their values have shifted. What's important has shifted. They want to work for a business or in their own business that has a purpose and a cause. Mm-hmm. And they're organizing, they're organizing their life around their family values rather than work. Uh, and I see that as a good thing. That's why I call it the great reimagination rather than the great resignation. Yeah, I mean, there there was a time that we were we worked so that we could live, and then we transitioned into live to work twenty four hours a day, got to be accessible, and and maybe now we are looking, going, you know, I kind of like to see my kids grow up on a on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, Dad said in the nineteen seventies, he said, you know, if if standard of living is your goal, quality of life almost never goes up. Yes, if quality of life is your goal standard of living almost always goes up and suddenly people have figured out wait a second maybe it's quality of life that i pursue and wouldn't you know it that productivity and performance has gone up across the board for people who believe that understand it and they have the mindset to embrace it 
Now, we weren't supposed to see that, right? I mean, what wasn't everything just supposed to fall apart? People working remotely, people working from homes. They had their own uh, offices in their house. Everything was supposed to crash. And as you point out, productivity went up, even though a lot of us were just wearing sweatpants. Yeah. Well, right after this whole thing started, over 60 million hours a day were saved in commute time. And then people said, you know what? I've got more time. I can get stuff done. Yeah. And then the flexibility to hang out with the kids or work on a project or start early and finish late, whatever people want to do. It, it changed a lot of things, but we have the old leadership biases that are keeping us from maximizing this. And that's really what's happening. The great resignation, it's, it's nothing more than most people saying, you know what, there's a better way to do this, and I'm going to work in a place that's going to allow that. Yeah. Tom Ziegler is joining us. The website is Ziegler.com, Z-I-G-L-A-R, Ziegler.com. Tom's uh, new book is called 10 Leadership Virtues for a Disruptive Time. So, so Tom, aside from, from simply having every CEO in America sit down and read the book cover to cover, uh, how, do we, how do we see this, this implemented? How do people change the mindset of, of the bosses, if you will? Yeah, so uh, I have a I have a name uh, for a what I call the old top down do it because I said so command and control leader. I call them the T Rex leader. They got sharp <laughs> teeth and short arms. You know, they like to hold things tight. And yep. if if you're one of those and you don't want to change, just like the T Rex, you're going to go extinct. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's happening every single day. And if you're working for one of those, uh, just know that great companies and great leaders are seeking top performers who believe that they can perform at a higher level tomorrow than they are today by growing and learning more. So here's the mindset that everybody needs to focus on. Are you a golfer by any chance and ever follow Tom Watson? Uh, I only live on a golf course, and I I accidentally take the balls that golfers have hit. I did that once or twice and then hid in the house. No, I'm not a golfer. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, Tom Watson, he won five British Opens, which is a major. And they say, how do you do so well? And he says, the weather's bad. And they said, "What, what does that have to do with it? And he said, well... When I'm playing good, I only have 20 competitors, really, that can play at my level. And when the weather's bad, only five I have to beat because I love bad weather. Wow. So here's the thing. If you're a leader, we're in a time of massive disruption. Yeah. And if you love the disruption, if you know how to lead your people in the midst of disruption, it's like the bear story. You know, the two hikers in the woods and Mm -hmm. the bear charges them. And the first hiker's like, run, the bear's going to eat us. The second hiker's tying his shoe. And the first hiker says, why are you tying your shoe? And the second hiker says, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. <laughs> that's right. And and so if you're a leader today, that's that's what you got to do. You got to outrun the people who are frozen and wanting it to go back to the way it was. I've got good news. The way it's going to be is better, but we've got to create it. And that's what the book is about. How do you lead people to create a future that's better than what we have today? I love it. I love it. And I have to think, Tom, and I don't want to speak for you, but I have to think as as someone who grew up seeing your dad impact in a positive way 
tens of millions of people, hundreds of millions of people, you probably feel a bit of, I don't know, an obligation or a calling to reach out and say, there is a better way to do this. (laughs) I think it's in my genes. Yeah. Uh, You know, growing up, growing up, dad told me and my sisters, whatever you want to do, I'll support you. Just do it with 100% integrity and 100% effort. Yeah. And that's what we do. That's what we do. And so when you see a time of disruption like we're in and knowing that technological convergence and the political world scene and all these things are just going to amp up what's happening, more people are hurting, which means there are more people willing to try what works, something new, something different. Right. And that's where we are. And, the, and they're crying out for leaders in every area. Uh, yeah. And I think they're rising up. People criticize young people for not being easily led. I think they just have higher standards. They want to be led by the right kind of leader. Mm -hmm. So the best way for folks to get 10 leadership virtues for disruptive times, I'm assuming, go to Ziegler.com, best way to get it? That's the best way to get it. Okay. And while they're there, I got to tell you something, Tom, I, I, my desk is piled with, with, with books from uh, your dad, from you. I've got my planner here for the day. Uh, but, but you've got two things that you also do that I, I was blissfully unaware of, but God willing, I'll get to at some point. You've got the Ziegler Speakers Institute and the Ziegler Legacy Certification. You mind giving everybody just a, a snapshot of what those are? Yeah, there's really three things that we do, Jeff, uh, in supporting leaders. And first is we, we help them through the Speakers Institute give a great keynote speech, designing it so that people take action. That's really what a great speech does is it gets people to take action. Right. And then there are people who come through who want to take the Ziegler content and train their own organization with it. That's what the Ziegler Legacy Program is all about and certification. And then we have coaches that we equip to coach uh, people one-on-one in small groups so that they can take the Ziegler philosophy and embed it in their life so they can have balanced success. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we have new programs coming out on coach leadership, which is based on the new book that's out, which is really for leaders who want to understand, how do I lead into the next, you know, one of the commercials before I came on was about the reset, or right. I call it the reimagination, right? How do yeah. we lead into the future? And that's what that program is all about. So you can find all those at, at Ziggler.com. Tom, I am eternally grateful that you could make some time for us. I am, I say it again, I'm a, I'm a devoted uh, student, follower, fan, I don't know, pick a term that works for you. Uh, just love what uh, the, the whole Ziegler family has done through the years, and uh, I wish you nothing but but great success, and, and hopefully I'll pass through one of those at some point, can actually shake your hand and thank you in person. That would be awesome. We look forward to having you. Thank you so much. That is Tom Ziegler. you got to check out this book, 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times. And I'm telling you, if you are a leader, you've got to understand that there are new ways of doing things. If you are, you're, a, you're an employee and you're thinking, man, my company is not doing what I wanted to do, or, or this boss is just like one of those micromanagers and he doesn't get the, the big picture or she doesn't understand, check out it out. Ziegler.com, Z-I-G-L-A-R, Ziegler.com. What do you do with students that are transgendered in schools? Do you turn it all upside down, all inside out, or do you do something to make everybody safe? We'll figure that out. Jeff Katz in today for Glenn. It's the Glenn Beck Program. 
Life is about being active, whether it's about going on your daily tasks or exercising. You know you're well when you're regularly active. But what happens when being active actually hurts by the end of the day? This is the position I found myself in a number of years ago. Everything I wanted to do in my daily life, all of the activity it called for was held captive to almost constant nagging pain. When I heard about Relief Factor, I was skeptical, but my wife said, give it a chance. Not long after I took it, I could feel the pain pain begin to melt away and i've been taking it ever since and i can tell you that relief factor has helped me get my life back i love that it's not a drug but it was developed by doctors and about 70 percent of the people who try it go on to order more your first step to becoming pain-free just might be ordering a three-week quick start for only 1995 go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief 800 for relief or relieffactor.com find out all about this offer and feel the difference It's the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz, happy to be sitting in for Glenn today. I mentioned a couple of moments ago that it came as a surprise to many of us that people still get sent to prison in California. I thought they had just legalized everything. Well, there's there's a complaint now from female prisoners who are saying that the new California law, which allows biological males to be housed at female prisons because they, quote, identify as females, is wrong and is endangering them. Doesn't this tie back to what we talked about a couple of moments ago? And why is the left, it seems to me, just trying to, I don't know, are they trying to erase women? Uh, 1-888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Michelle's in Idaho. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Nope, Steve is in New Jersey. My mistake. Steve, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, how's it going, Jeff? Fine, thank you. Yeah, about the whole, like, transgender thing in schools about like i mean i'm sure you remember about the story that came out of um what was it loud encounter virginia yeah yeah it's right up the like road that, from me yeah the boy in the skirt was, yep that was nuts and when that whole thing broke i was like it was i was listening to um ben shapiro while i was driving to work and it just it was the most enraging thing and like i have a little daughter myself and when she gets to be that age i'm genuinely scared for her well-being you know like i don't i don't don't want any of that uh no garbage like and steve let me ask you a question my friend you and i are dads we each have daughters what's our first obligation right we we protect our daughters exactly to do anything and everything and i i i i think the what was it scott smith I, i can't remember his first name but Mm-hmm. I think he, I don't think he did enough, but he was still arrested for it. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Steve, I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you so much. Do we have time here? Michelle in Idaho. Uh, welcome. Quickly, 10 seconds, Michelle. Yeah, I just wanted to make the point. Every time I hear about gender and transgender, I just get the feeling. Well, it's not a feeling. They just want to erase women and it's an assault on gender itself i really think exactly. it's because they want to just reduce everybody to a worker status and we're all michelle and i appreciate it it's the glenn beck program this is the glenn beck program 
There's absolutely no doubt. Former Brooklyn Center, Minnesota police officer Kim Potter shot and killed Dante Wright. Was it an honest mistake? Famed law professor Alan Dershowitz answers that question next on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. You've heard me talking about MyPillow for years and how it's changed the way I sleep. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fitted me personally for my own MyPillow because I told him, I said, I don't think I really like him. And he said, wait, I think you have the wrong one. Got me the king size pillow. It has changed the way I sleep. It will not go flat. You can wash and dry it constantly and it stays the same amazing shape. You fluff it once before you go to sleep and it's that way. Best of all, it's made right here. So you don't have to worry about, are there going to be MyPillows on the the shelves along with the lowest price offer mike is also extending his money back guarantee trial until march 1st of next year so it makes a great christmas gift you can get the standard my pillow for 1998 originally 69.98 a 50 dollars savings and the king size pillow is 10 bucks more go and see all their rotating discounts over 150 my pillow products enter the promo code back 800-966-3117 800-966-3117 it's mypillow.com promo code back Glenn Beck program. Jeff Katz, happy to be sitting in for Glenn again today. Remind you, you've got to check out theblaze.com and glennbeck.com for all the information that you need to get through the day. I, I have to set the scene just a little bit. I want to flash back to the, to the 1970s. I think it was 77, 78. I was in junior high school. Nice Jewish kid, Oxford Circle section of Philadelphia. And I heard... There were a bunch of Nazis that were going to march someplace in Illinois. And the guy who was defending them was a Jewish law professor, Alan Dershowitz. Now, I, I developed an unbelievable hatred for the good Professor Dershowitz when I was a child in junior high school. And I actually went to Skokie, Illinois. We traveled on school buses. Not an easy trip to make. In my later years, I'd like to think I've grown a little bit. I become slightly more educated and informed, and I realize exactly what it was that Alan Dershowitz did back then, and frankly, Alan Dershowitz has done throughout his career, and uh, I'm just thrilled that he is joining us for a, uh, a couple of moments today. Professor, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for reminding me of, of Skokie. Of course, I hated the Nazis. I wish they would slip on banana peels and bang their heads and die. Um, but I also don't want the government to tell us what we can hear, what we can see, and what we can watch. I was not only defending the Nazis, who I hated, but I was also defending Martin Luther King, who wanted to march through uh, other places that found his marching offensive. So, you know, I've always defended people I despise uh, and defended the rights of people who I don't agree with. And for example, even on Kim Potter that we're talking about today, I'm generally not a supporter of police actions and police overreaction and police shooting. I'm a criminal lawyer. I usually cross-examine policemen on the stand. I expose their misstatements. But when it comes to something like this, an honest mistake that anybody could have made. Look, you get in your car, you drive down the street, a kid jumps in front of you, and you slam your foot on the brakes, but by mistake, you slam your foot on the gas, and the child dies. Horrible, horrible tragedy. Not a crime in America. 
accept mm-hmm. apparently in Minnesota if you're a policewoman. And this is a terrible, terrible miscarriage of justice. And then it was compounded by this vindictive judge, this lawless judge who denied her bail. The statute says you must grant bail if she's not a flight risk, if she's not a danger to the community, and if the appeal isn't frivolous. And you have to make findings. And the judge made no findings on that. And you couldn't make findings because, of course, she's not a danger. Of course, she's not a flight risk. And, of course, the appeal isn't frivolous. But she's in jail now, unjustifiably. Alan Dershowitz is joining us, talking a little bit about this uh, Kim Bonner matter. This is one of the things that I find so fascinating about your perspective, Professor, is that you're right. Your history as a criminal defense attorney. I've seen some of your cross-examination of police officers. I was a cop, and man, I I wasn't rooting for you, but boy, you you always knew exactly (laughs) what what you were doing. So the the fact that we are in agreement on this. so, So explain to all of us who are not brilliant lawyers and talented professors of law. How can something like this, which to me anyway is a miscarriage of justice, how can this happen? Well, first of all, Thomas Jefferson once said, put a problem to a plowman or a professor, you're more likely to get a good answer from the plowman, from the ordinary person, (laughs) the person with common sense. So don't put down anybody who's not a lawyer. I grew up on the streets (laughs) of Brooklyn, New York. Smartest people I knew were there. Uh, In any event, um, The government concedes, the state concedes that it was an accident. They don't contend like some people contend, oh, she did it purposely and then just made an excuse saying she wanted to pull her taser. They concede it was an accident, but they claim it was reckless, that because of her experience of 26 years, you know, she never used a gun. In all of the 26 years, she never, ever fired a shot, either from her taser or from her pistol. This is the first time she ever did it. And what the state is saying is that she was reckless. She should have known. Look, the taser is different. When you look at the picture, it's different. It's a different color. It's a different size. It's a different shape. Right. But she was confronted with an instantaneous life and death decision. Her partner was leaning into the car. There were pedestrians in front of the car. This kid who had a record of having a gun was jumping back in the car where he might have had his gun and putting his foot on the gas, which he did eventually, and ultimately yeah. uh, he was stopped. What if she hadn't fired? What if she had let him get away and he had killed three people? She'd have been put on trial for that. So, yeah. you know, when a policeman has no choice, you know, whenever you make a tough life and death decision, you could make a mistake. Right. And the law forgives mistakes. She should not be in jail. She should be taking remedial courses, maybe being sued civilly for making mm-hmm. a mistake, So she's being held, as you point out, without bail, which seems to be a violation of what the statute is in in, in Minnesota. Uh, I I don't know. This just sounds like something that happens in, I don't know, the old Soviet Union. You just disappear. You're held in prison. There are no real uh, charges against you. I mean, you're convicted of this, but but there's you're supposed to be released. So so is there a way for her to fight back or is that system in Minnesota because of Keith Ellison, I would say in some cases, just totally bankrupt and corrupt? Well, Keith Ellison is a very bad attorney general. He was a very bad uh, member of Congress. Uh, he was a good friend of Farrakhan, uh, Louis yeah. Farrakhan, the most uh, notorious anti-Semite in modern history. By the way, the second most notorious anti-Semite in modern history is Bishop Desmond Tutu, who just died and is being praised all over the world 
by President Obama, by President Clinton, by President Biden. Everybody is praising this guy, and he was a rampant anti-Semite. He talked about the Jews controlling everything and doing everything bad. He talked about the Holocaust being not as bad as as uh, apartheid. Uh, he he compared Israel to Nazi Germany. He's being praised all over the place. We have to start telling the truth about people with mixed legacies. But you know, let's get back to Kim to Kim Potter because the problem in the world today is people pick sides. If you're against Kim Potter, she's evil. You know what this? You know what the prosecution is doing now? They're asking for extra time. The usual sentence is seven years for negligent or reckless homicide. They want ten or fifteen because mm. they say not only did she kill right. She endangered other people. No, no, no. She tried to save the lives of other people, but they want to throw the book at her. They want to pile on and put her in jail basically for the next 10 or 15 years. This is Kafkaesque. This is not the way the American system should work. You're right when you compare it to Cuba and China and Iran and and Belarus, where there's no accountability. And the American system of justice, an honest mistake is not punished criminally, period. So so what about her attorneys? Are her defense attorneys doing the proper things? Or are they competent? I don't know. I don't know them. I know that they should be filing for bail immediately. And in fact, the statute says that when you file for bail, the uh, the application has to be considered immediately. And right. so they should be filing for bail. They should have filed for bail before Christmas. If I had been the lawyer, I would have, on the eve of Christmas, demanded that she be home with her family for Christmas. But they haven't done that. And I don't know. They may have a strategy. They may have a tactic. They may be thinking of the long term of, you know, making sure that they win on the appeal. But I would be, I think, doing it a little differently. And I would be more aggressive right now in trying to get her out on bail. Alan Dershowitz is joining us for a couple of moments, and what an honor and a pleasure it is to have him here. So, uh, obviously, the case is being appealed. I I know you don't do predictions, but if you did predictions, does this conviction get overturned? Well, I have to tell you, look, the killing occurred while the jury was deliberating in the Derek Chauvin um, case, and it was in the same area. Uh, Court of Appeals, it'll be six months later. It's a different time. If her name was Jane Smith and the case were in a different place and we Mm -hmm. weren't living in the age of uh, George Floyd, of course she'd be acquitted on appeal. But I can't make any general predictions uh, considering the fact that she is who she is and the environment is what it is. And identity politics has taken over from justice. You know, the Bible says to a judge, you shall not recognize faces, no identity Mm. politics. That's why we have a blindfold over the statue of justice. You can't peek underneath the blindfold and say, right. you know, black victim, white woman, uh, police officer. That's not the way justice is supposed to be administered. It should be the same regardless of the racial components, regardless of whether a person is a policeman or an older person putting his foot on the gas instead of the brake. We have to have a single standard of justice for all. If her conviction is not overturned at the state level, does she have an avenue to appeal that? Or does she have to get comfortable with the idea of seven to ten years in a state prison? Well, um, she does have the right to appeal to seek certiorari in the Supreme Court. Only a couple of percentage of cases are given certiorari. And she does have the right 
to appeal federally, but her best chance of getting a reversal, obviously, is in the state appellate court. So, no, she mm-hmm. shouldn't get comfortable, but she should understand that, um, you know, appeals are very hard. Uh, uh, typically, appeals are successful in criminal cases in less than 5% of the time. I'm lucky. I've won most of my homicide murder cases. I think I've won, I don't know, 25 out of 30 or something like that, something in that range. Um, So it depends who you have as your lawyer. Obviously, it depends on the facts of the case. It depends on the circumstances. But uh, appealing from a homicide conviction is, is always an uphill battle. Wow. Now, I, I want to thank you for addressing the Bishop Tutu matter as yeah. well. And, and I just have to share this with you. And I, I the last time you were on my show locally, I think I mentioned this. My son, brilliant kid. I've referred to him as our future litigator since he was about 18 months old. He could he could sure. argue whether the sun was shining. But when B- Bishop uh, Archbishop Tutu passed away, I mentioned what a, what an unrepentant anti-Semite he was. And my son was all over me up one side and down the other. And I thought, but but you have to know the totality. It doesn't take away from accomplishments in fighting uh, apartheid. But 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 to, to pretend that he wasn't uh, what he was, it does a disservice to everyone. It does. And it also encourages people to good people to do anti-Semitic things and bad things because they'll get away with it. They'll be excused for it. It'll be covered by their good things. Look, Jefferson did good things. Washington did good things. Lincoln did good things. And some of the same people who are praising Tutu and want to build a statue to him and want to canonize him uh, are the ones who are trying to tear down the statutes of our founding uh, fathers. And so this is a good time to think about how to deal with people with mixed legacies. Tutu did some great things on behalf of his own people. He helped end apartheid. He should be praised for that. But he was a virulent anti-Semite. I mean, he said the most horrible things about Jews. And when he was called on, you know what his answer was? I can't be an anti-Semite. My dentist's name is Dr. Cohen. You know, some of my best friends. Some of my best dentists are Jews. Uh, And, uh, you know, he just went on and on with his anti-Semitism. He was the most influential anti-Semite of our age because he impacted people like your son and my children and my grandchildren who think the world of Bishop Tutu. And you're entitled to think the world of him, but you have to know the bad along with the good. And when the bad is anti-Semitism... It can't be buried, particularly at a time when the growing anti-Semitism on college campuses and around the world. That's why I intruded last night on the Fox News when I was on on a different subject. I said, I have to take a minute just to tell the world the truth about anti-Semitism. And I've gotten some pushback on it. Some people have criticized me. Some people have praised me for it. But that's who I am. I will always speak the truth to power. Well, I uh, I'm sitting here cavelling, and I am uh, I'm most appreciative of you, of you taking a stand. Oh, good. I, Tell my send my best to Glenn, please. Okay, I will. And Merry Absolutely. Christmas. Happy New Year to everybody. Take Thank care. you, sir. Thanks. That is uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz, and the the perspective that he brings, I think, is so fascinating and so unique, and I'm so grateful that he could make some time for us. There's a woman who died, Sarah Weddington. You may or may not know who she was or what she did. I'll let you know in just a moment. It is Jeff Katz sitting in today for Glenn. It's the Glenn Beck Program. (music) 
If you're living with aches and pains, especially if they're frequent and nagging and relentless, I want you to take a moment and think back to the last time you really felt good. Can you even remember what it felt like? Now, here's even a more important question. What would you give to go back to feeling like that again? Maybe it would just be nice to take a stroll with your loved one or play with your grandchildren. I've suffered from persistent, crippling pain almost all the time for about five years. When I started taking Relief Factor, I took it because my wife made me start taking it. I didn't think it would work for me. Yet here I am today, virtually pain-free, doing the things I love to do, all thanks to my wonderful wife and Relief Factor. I love that it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Are you part of that 70% that can get your life back? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com it's the glenn beck program jeff catch happy to be sitting in again today for glenn and thanks again to uh, professor alan dershowitz i forgave him long ago not that he's staying up nights worrying about whether uh, uh jeff Katz and uh, hanover virginia likes him or dislikes him i i just i've come to admire people who have a stand that that's sincere i think it's one of the reasons that that you and i agree Glenn is such a great guy. This is about our freedom. It is about our ability to speak freely. We don't need any protections to say, hey, good morning. Hope it's a nice day. Boy, those are nice shoes. We don't need protections for that. We need protections when somebody says this president stinks or that member of Congress is a terrible person or that senator is doing awful things. That's when we need protection. And you make no mistake about this. Whether it is what we call cancel culture or the folks at CNN or MSNBC or any of these other outlets who, who quite frankly, have declared war on anybody who disagrees with them. They started in recent history with former President Trump. You and I saw it day after day after day trying to delegitimize President Trump, trying to stymie President Trump, trying to kneecap President Trump every single opportunity that they had. Make no mistake, it wasn't just an attack on Donald Trump. That's an attack on every American. Every one of us who went and cast a ballot said, you know, I've seen all the career politicians. I've seen it my whole flipping life. And every time there's an election, I hear the same. It's the most important election of all time. Most important election of all time. And then they get back and they do exactly the same stuff. And then they have the nerve to come to me. Hi, we're, we're calling from your local political party. Pick one. I don't care. Uh, we'd like some money from you. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I'm keeping my money for my family. I'm keeping my money so that I can, I don't know, buy something or donate. Oh, God forbid, right? I, I like charity. That's what we need protections from. Our ability to stand up and say, this is what I believe in. You're not going to silence me. And you're not going to cancel me. But that's what is happening every single solitary day. I mean, these attacks on former President Trump continue. They are that terrified 
that he is going to run again. They are that scared that 80 million Americans who voted for him will vote for him again. I don't care which which side of the aisle you, you find yourself on. I really don't. I don't. Believe what you believe. Vote whichever way you want to vote. Do what's right for you and your family. But don't deny those 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 rights to other people. Don't cancel everybody who disagrees with you or says something you don't like. The woke culture is in, it's insane. It's gone absolutely over the edge. And I don't know how or where or when that nonsense stops. Who was Sarah Weddington? I'll give you the answer to that in just a moment. Jeff Katz sitting in for Glenn. It is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Ever since he tried the Rough Greens for the first time, my dog, Uno, has changed. He's a completely different dog. I hear from people all the time in the audience. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of letters have come in who have had the same experience with their dog. They've heard me talk about Rough Greens on the show. They get some from themselves. And as soon as they sprinkle it on the dog's food, the dog literally wolfs it down. And it's really good for him. It's not a dog food. It's just chock full of vitamins and minerals and probiotics and omega oils that you sprinkle. Your dog needs these things to be healthy. My dog was easy. From the first time he tried Rough Greens, Uno was in love. Some dogs take a little bit to get used to the new flavor, though. Dr. Dennis Black, the inventor of Rough Greens, was on the phone with me last week. He doesn't want that to be a reason for you not to try. So right now, he's got a special gift available. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog just to try out. All you pay is shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. Put it on your dog's food and begin to watch your dog become healthier. Your daily antidote to the socialism virus. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz, happy to be sitting in for Glenn again today. Glennbeck.com, theblaze.com. I asked a question. Who was Sarah Weddington? It's not a name most of us know. In fact, honest with you, I had no idea who she was. Now, she died the other day. She was 76 years old. All right, you know, you, you sit and think to yourself, well, that's, that's good or that's bad or it's of no consequence to me, Jeff, because I still don't know who she was. So why do I care? Well, she was the attorney who filed the Roe v. Wade case back in 1973. Now, I don't necessarily talk a lot about this. I'm compelled to talk about this Sarah Weddington, though, and I'll tell you why. There's no question from what I've read, and I had to bring myself up to speed after I saw headlines that said, lawyer in Roe v. Wade dies. Because they didn't even mention her name in most of the headlines. I mean, that was the case, right? Roe v. Wade, she died. Okay. So I sat down and I said, you know what? I got to devote some time to finding out who this woman was. 
I just didn't know. I'd like to tell you that right off the top of my head, I could tell you everything about her. I couldn't. So I had to go and, and do a little research. She appeared to be brilliant. Apparently was an incredibly talented attorney. Students who had her as a law professor said she was a very, very good professor. Folks who had interacted with her as an attorney said she had a, uh, a very real talent and skill when it came to writing in the legal area. Okay. But you know what else people were talking about? I, I, I didn't stop at the news reports. Kind of went online to poke around and just see what people were talking about in forums and discussion places. There were T people, I kid you not, without a, a shred of irony, not understanding at all what they were really saying, who said, oh, what a shame she's died. Oh, it's so sad that she died at such a young age. And I thought, this is the attorney who opened up these floodgates in 1973. If you would have come to me 25, 30 years ago, said, Jeff, what do you, what do you think about abortion? You know what my answer would have been? Well, I don't. I really don't. I don't know. I, I, it just wasn't, wasn't something that I was overly concerned with. I, I wish I could tell you otherwise. I wish I could tell you, boy, I've always understood this or that. I, I didn't. I just, I, it just wasn't on my radar. And if you would have pushed a little bit more, oh, come on, Jeff, you know, like pro-choice, pro-life. Come on, which one? Probably 25, 30 years ago. Maybe a little bit longer. I probably would have said, well, I don't know, you know, make a choice, whatever. I don't know. Your body, your choice. Yeah, 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 that's good for me. Okay. And then this interesting thing happened about 21 years ago. Heidi and I are married, and we want to have a family. And so we get the good news. Hey, congratulations. Heidi's pregnant. Okay. Now, I remind Heidi on a regular basis, and I probably shouldn't, but I do. She was of, quote, advanced maternal age. Anybody over the age of 30, apparently, was of advanced maternal age. Now, what did that mean? It meant, number one, I had a lot of jokes I could make, and I really couldn't make them because it, it would wind up in a very sad situation. Something would have been thrown at me. But the other thing it meant was this. Because Heidi was, quote, of an advanced maternal age, we had these regular ultrasounds. It's like every couple of weeks. So I remember the first one. And we went and doctor showed us the picture and I, I, I looked at it, and I thought, oh, I don't see anything. And then I said, I don't see anything. And then Heidi like hit me with her arm. And I'm, All right. But I don't. I don't see anything. And the doctor said, right over here, see? And I went, ow. I thought that was like, you know, somebody made a mark with a magic marker. I said, no, 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 that's, that's your child. Oh, wow. Fantastic. 
And I thought, meh. And then we go back a couple of weeks later. Now, now I can see where the little mark is. I was like, oh, no kidding. Is that like a, that's a tiny little cat? That's so uh, nondescript. I mean, this, I, don't, I don't get it. Okay. And then, I don't know, two weeks later, whatever it was. Now, now he looks like a bean. Honest to goodness, he looks like a lima bean. I'm, I swear to you, the kid looked like a lima bean. Everybody did that, right? In, in like third, fourth grade. Same assignment given to every child in America. All right, here's a couple of lima beans. Now you go home and you get a glass and you take a paper towel and you wet it and you put that inside the glass and then you put the bean on the outside. That's what this kid looked like. He looked like a flipping lima bean. And I used to talk about it. I was so proud. You know, I was a first time father. (laughs) There's a picture of the bean and I called him the bean all the time. And then, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden, the bean has like little tiny legs and feet, and I think it's an eye. I don't know what it is. But it's clearly not a lima bean anymore. Not that it ever was. And as we progress and progress and progress, well, it's clear it's not a lima bean. And it's not a puppy. And it's... It's, it's not a phone. It's not an office chair. It's clear. This is, this is a real, honest-to-goodness, little, living human being. And my world changed at that point. Completely and totally. I mean, you talk about a 180. There was no choice here. There was a child there. This was just something inside that said... You're a father, and you have an obligation to protect that child. And that's where I am now. I mean, Harry's 20 years old at this point, long ago stopped being a bean. And he's a brilliant kid. But I just think the the contrast of people saying, oh, poor Sarah Weddington. She unleashed this horrible, horrible thing on America in 1973. But it's so sad she died at age 76. And you think about all of those people who could have accomplished great things. Maybe there was a a doctor or a scientist who would have found a cure for this or that. But because of Sarah Weddington, they didn't. Now, I don't, I don't want to beat up on anybody. A, a family is grieving the loss of another family member. I understand that. But just like Professor Alan Dershowitz said a couple of moments ago when he was talking about Archbishop Desmond Tutu and his, his virulent anti-Semitism, what did Professor Dershowitz say? He said, it's the totality, right? You, you can't get away from that bad thing. It's part of who you are. I jump forward just a little bit. Heidi and I are still in the family-creating business. And we've got Julia. And I've shared with you, Julia's got a, a variety of challenges and special needs. 18 years old now, but that's chronologically, developmentally about 18 months old. So just as we're realizing... About a year into Julia's life, oh my gosh, 
we have no idea what's going on here. We really don't. Did we do something? What did we do, in fact, was our first question. What did we do? Why is she going to have these disabilities? Why is this going to happen? Why isn't that going to happen? What did we do? What did we do? What did we do? We find Heidi's pregnant again. And we go to the, to the doctor. And the doctor says, yep, yeah, you're, you're pregnant. And without missing a beat, without taking a breath, says to us, now, given what's going on with the other one, if you want to take care of this, you need to do it quickly. Now, I'm not the brightest guy in the room. But I understood what that doctor was saying. Given the difficulties, disabilities, challenges that the other one is going through. And that other one, by the way, would be my beautiful princess, Julia. If we want to avoid those sorts of problems, if we want to not deal with those sorts of issues with this one, we need to do something quickly. Well, that wasn't an option for us. And this one is now an amazing young man, 17 years old. I just think we have an obligation. I really do. And I don't mean to get on the soapbox or preach or bring everybody down. It's so maudlin, Jeff. My God, I know. But we got to care. We've just got to value human life. I just felt compelled to share that with you. Uh, if you want to uh, hit me up, you can do that, of course. You go to thejeffcatshow.com, thejeffcatshow.com. There is a, uh, a contact button there. Over on Facebook, look for The Jeff Cat Show. If you'd give me a follow there, I'd certainly appreciate it. Of course, everything that you need to know and about anything and everything, you're going to find at theblaze.com and at glenbeck.com. Jeff Cat's happy, happy to be sitting in today for Glenn. It is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The woke mob rears its ugly head in this country every single day. You know it, I know it, and increasingly... Our kids know it, too. They see it when they watch something on television or YouTube. They absorb it in conversations that take place all around them. And maybe worst of all, they're increasingly being fed heaping helpings of it in our school. So what are we doing to fight back? It's important that you are talking to your kids about what makes this nation great. What can you use to help instill those values in kids? Well... A good book. That's why I love the Tuttle Twins books so much. They offer your kids an entertaining and educational look at American values and American history. They tell great stories, teach your kids about the value of limited government, free markets, how they work, and how they work to change the world for the better, and so much more. Get these books for your kids today. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, get 35% off, and they'll even throw in all their activity workbooks for free. Buy them for your kids and your grandkids. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com and get 35% off today. 
It's the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz in for Glenn today. Did you ever show up in court dressed like an elf? No, of course not, because you are a sane, rational human being, and I'm hoping you've never actually been a defendant in a criminal case. But that's what happened over in England. And... No, I said an elf, E-L-F, right? Just came through the whole elfin season, right? Elves, very, very popular uh, during the month of December. And now, not so much. Uh, The story involves a gentleman, and I do use that term loosely, Janiel Verainer, 60 years old. He lives in Chatham. He showed up to his latest criminal court hearing uh, dressed as an elf. Now... Could be a joke, could be a goof, or he could just be crazy, right? Well, he's not just crazy, he's dangerous, because he's 60 years old, but guess what? He, quote, identifies as a five-year-old girl. And what has he done? He's gone around that area kissing little girls on the lips, repeatedly. In multiple locations, multiple girls. He's been arrested for this. He had a basically a keep away order. He's not supposed to be around children. Guess what? Continues to find himself around children. Continues to go up and just kiss on the lips. Random little girls that he finds. Oh, also a 15-month prison sentence. And his latest visit to court, he is dressed as an elf. Now, at some point, you and I have to stop indulging fantasies. He's not an elf. He's not a five-year-old girl. What he is, by definition, is a pedophile. And he needs to be arrested and prosecuted and sent to prison. Now, I don't know why we are so terrified of simply standing up and saying, how about doing the right things for the right reasons? How about protecting our families? Oh, the last thing I've got to share with you, Joe Biden has, in fact, conceded there is no federal solution to COVID. Can we uh, hear that little snippet from uh, Slow Mo Joe? Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I'm looking at Governor Sununu on the board here. He talks about that a lot. And it ultimately gets down to where the rubber meets the road. And that's where the patient is in need of help or preventing the need for help. This is the same president who said, elect me and I will beat COVID. The same White House team that said it's all about presidential leadership. It's all about the federal government. And in a rare moment of clarity, and perhaps he just stumbled inadvertently into the truth, Joe Biden says there's no federal cure for COVID. Think about that, will you? Oh, somebody needs to tell Dr. Fauci, right? Hey, remember, stay in touch if you would. The Jeff Cat Show on Facebook and the website, thejeffcatshow.com. Thanks so much to uh, Glenn and Dom and Sarah and Martin for letting me sit in for a couple of days. It is Jeff Katz, and this is the Glenn Beck Program.